Diamond History 101. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me from the far reaches of Planet Seabees is Jam. What's going on, Jam Elias? <laughs> I'm not doing too badly, Fred. It's cold over here. Yeah, are you sure you're not doing too badly? I've heard that it's not the greatest planet to be on. <laughs> It's, it's like a vacuum over here, no pun intended. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, sir. Uh, glad you could have, or glad to have you on. Um, it's great to be here. This is the wonderful week of the Super Metroid Game Club, uh, the long talked about, and uh, we were talking pre before the show. It's kind of an interesting one because uh, we uh, we've never played this game before. No, so it's a big deal. Woohoo! Uh, so, <laughs> so we're going to be talking about it, um, but we, we talked before the show. I think we're going to break it down into four basic parts um, because I don't know how else to do this, a game club of this type because this is, after all, uh, the second, well, maybe third in a long line of the now known as Metroidvania series. Um, mm-hmm. But I would argue as the Metroid series, this is first and foremost a, a staple of Metroid before Castlevania took it on. And uh, now that I know that... Uh, that it was actually borrowed from Zelda with Symphony of the Night. I guess it's just the Metroid series. <laughs> it's just the Metroid, all by its yeah. lonesome. Samus is the only female protagonist, all by her lonesome, yet again, on a planet. So, um, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, and the four basic ways we're going to do it is we're going to talk about the plot very briefly uh, because there's not much plot to talk about. Uh, then we'll discuss the areas, weapons, and finds throughout the game. Uh, then we'll go oh, through the yeah. bosses. And last oh, but gosh. not least, we will tackle our impressions. So that's kind of to give you an idea of the format. And I do have a uh, special uh, thing to announce, but I'll announce it right beforehand. And as always, Jam has no idea what I'm talking about. So he'll find out alongside you guys. <laughs> no, no, I'll, ju- I'll just sit here and play Tetris. So <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Without further ado, um, let's do, uh, well, let's just see how, how the week's been going. So, Jam, I know we talked about it off the air, but, uh, and you don't have to talk about anything we specifically discussed, but how's your week going as a whole? Yeah, it's going good, Fred. Um, yeah, hit up the car boots today because we're actually recording on a different day from Tuesday. So I know, I know. Um, <laughs> and I managed to pick up a, well, I managed to pick up my lady a DS Lite for just a tenner, which is not oh, bad. Fantastic. Which came with Nintendo, which is weird. Hey, that game right. is, <laughs> I've never played that game before, but it doesn't respond to English um, voice commands at all. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so so yeah. is it Japanese voice commands or it just doesn't know you because well, of the accent? I don't know. I think, I think it must be accent because, um, well, my, my, my lady friend is doing it. She's playing it. But she has got a very good, strong, like, I guess you'll call it like London British accent. We're very oh, well okay. spoken. But yeah. whenever she's calling for the dog and the microphone definitely works. I did check. <laughs> it just doesn't answer to it properly. It takes well, about 10 attempts. Which so. one is it? Is it Dachshund? Dachshund. Sorry. Or is, the, it, yeah. Is, yeah. Which version of Nintendogs did you get? Is it the Dachshund uh, version? Which one is it? Where have you got the... 
case there. I don't know, actually. It's just it's just okay. the one that says, like, Lab- yeah, she's got the case just there. Hold on. Oh, it says Labrador? <laughs> if it's got a Labrador La- on it, there were Labrador friends. There we go. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking if it was Dachshund, you know, the Germans are pretty stern-minded. And, uh, and of course, if it was Scottish Terrier, we all know why it doesn't like uh, British accents. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> but with Labrador, yeah, it's maybe it's just American, so it's stubborn as fuck. <laughs> I don't know. It's, got, it's got here English. It's supposed to understand English, French, Italian, Spanish, and you know, Dutch. Oh, so, so it does the whole yeah, the whole. Yeah, it just goes to show you those games are terrible anyway. Just just put the yeah. dog away. <laughs> well. Well, no, she, she, <laughs> I say, it's weird because there's a lot is lime green ds1 which i don't actually have which is pretty cool actually per mm-hmm. really really nice condition and um to go with the library of ds games i got to play with um well those castlevania games coming up for a future podcast oh, yes? So. yes those are those are fantastic ones especially the ds ones uh the game boy advance ones were all good but uh yeah they varied in quality uh, oh yeah yeah so well, excellent. Well, uh, let's see. I don't think there's been much. Oh, actually, yeah, I'll talk about it real quick. Uh, so I, I did an unboxing video this week. I don't know yeah, if you saw. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> on Metal Gear Solid for the limited edition, uh, which is kind of retro. Um, I found that uh, that thing sells for quite a, a, a spell. Really? Yeah, I, I said that over here, and people were like, what? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it sells for between like one and 200 bucks. On Amazon, it definitely sells for around 200 um, for sealed copies, not used sealed. copies. Uh, yeah, uh, sealed. Yeah. And uh, this random Goodwill got it and uh, had a sealed copy on Amazon for seventeen twenty nine or something. And it was like, what? Mm. And I kept going back and forth for like the five minutes I was discussing it. And I was like, how would they know it's the limited edition? How? Why would it be sealed? Why would a Goodwill have a sealed copy and all this stuff? And finally someone was just like, listen, will they let you return it? If it's not what you want, I was like, yeah, yeah, it says they'll return it as long as I don't open it. And he's like, then what do you care? Just take a chance if you want it. And uh, and he goes, they probably know it's the limited edition because Amazon lets you scan a barcode now and yeah. post through that. And so that's probably the only way they knew it was the limited edition. And so I bought it, and sure enough, it showed up, and I got this sealed copy of the game. And opening it drops its value to probably, like, five cents. <laughs> um, so, of course, I opened it. Uh, and So that was a fun find. But I've never watched that uh, Blu-ray, that two-hour documentary. Yeah. And I've recently gotten real fascinated with, as you know, I'm always fascinated with the stories of development. But I've really gotten into delving into it because there was, like, a story bundle. It was at storybundle.com where you could pay like 15 bucks and get a bunch of development stories. And so I've started reading those on my tablet and at work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've been getting really into those. And then Jeff Keeley's fantastic Titanfall uh, final days came out. And I've heard very good things about that. And then, uh, so, so of course I wanted the development of Metal Gear Solid 4. And that video yeah. is really kind of hard to find. I'm sure it's on torrent sites and stuff, but it was only on YouTube for a short spell and then Konami kind of blocked it. And so I'd always wanted to watch it. And so, uh, it gives me an opportunity to do that. And of course, the special version of that soundtrack, you know me with video game soundtracks was like a, a steal. So. Yeah, oh, I love Slash Yeah, I would have paid seventeen thirty nine for that version of the soundtrack, let alone all that stuff. And a buddy of mine borrowed my Metal Gear Solid Four original copy, and even though I've got it like six times over, that original boxed copy that was in the limited edition, mm. he hasn't returned that in a year and a half. I bet that's not coming <laughs> oh, back. God. So nah, uh, no, that's gone. <laughs> so this was a solution to like multiple problems for a very small fee. <laughs> 
was also going to point out just to the listeners of GH101 that, guys, if you haven't seen Fred's YouTube video of this, uh, it's only four minutes long. You've got to check it out because Fred is the master of the one-handed unpackaging. <laughs> I would argue otherwise. <laughs> but, but it, I, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. But I sure did the best I could. It's it's really funny. Yes, apparently me, I also have an unboxing of the limited edition of Aliens Colonial Marines with the figure. And apparently that. that's terrible, yeah. too. I don't know how to unbox shit. <laughs> it's brilliant. I never had to do it with only one hand. Uh, so, somebody said to have your wife hold it and and videotape it. Uh, my wife is so unproud of the concept of an unboxing video; she would never be an accomplice to that shit. Just refuse so, to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, no, she's she's not going to have it. So, um, anyway, so. All right, cool. Well, then uh, I guess without further ado, we'll just jump into news. Yep. So, um. Couple of real quick news points. Uh, we kind of joked about it, but uh, I wanted to talk to this ET dig <laughs> that <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, Microsoft and other people are doing that has been thwarting the news lately. And I don't know why. Uh, yes, <laughs> exactly. I kind of want to talk about it and say that there's no reason to fucking cover this. Uh, and as a retro site, uh, you know, I know I'm part of the problem by mentioning it, but. Um, Fuck that. Like, it's documented. The New York Times, I said this on the B team, the New York Times ran a fucking story on it in 83. Like, it's known. All that happened was a where, okay, so let me school you guys. So, warehouse, uh, for Atari games in California in the, in 1983 had to shut down. And with it, they had a bunch of carts. And they buried them. And the biggest, group they had there was the overpurchased ET. But it wasn't like it was just ET carts and it wasn't like they were hiding them from anybody. They got permission to dump them in a landfill and they dumped those along with a bunch of other things that were in a warehouse and that's that. And so lo and behold Microsoft decides that they have absolutely no fucking voice in this world and they can't get a brand to save their lives so let's piggyback on somebody else's terrible disaster and let's talk about the fact that Atari had a landfill. And so as I told you before the show they literally had to dig through garbage for their identity. Yep. God damn much. if it doesn't piss me off. Every I follow Larry Herb because he's not a bad person in and of himself, but I hate that his picture now is him holding an ET card all proudly. It's like, shut up. Yeah. I mean, is anybody <laughs> gonna buy an Xbox One to see this documentary now that we know they found ET cartridges? Is it is it Xbox One exclusive, the documentary, or is it It might on... also be on the three sixty, yeah. but who boots up their three sixty anymore? Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um no, people do. It's it's still a very viable platform. Uh, actually, I was playing uh, Gears of War Judgment on it recently today. But uh, okay. but yeah, uh, you know, I, maybe. But are you going to pay for that? We know they find them. No. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually it's, extremely well documented. <laughs> this dig. <laughs> is, is they've already covered it in all the news already about what? Because basically, the only right. thing I can they see is everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They might say it. They invited people. Like, yeah, they did their job already. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This documentary, even if it's the greatest thing known to man, like you're going to have to have gold, which already is a purchase I don't want to make. But I think I might be able to get like a 48-hour token or something in order to do that. And then the second part is, um, you know, what, like, like, and they found a couple hundred Atari carts. That's fine. But like if you find like, you know, you always imagine, I think there's an old cartoon or something where they find like, oh, imagine like, have you seen the end of From Dusk Till Dawn? Yes, I have. You know how it's on like a landfill and you find out that it's like an ancient cathedral in the bottom of like a huge part of the Nevada desert or whatever? 
Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. And it shows that zoom out shot of like the landfill and the and the tavern, and then it zooms out, and you just see like all the damage and stuff. How it's buried underneath like a mountain. And I'm like, okay, so if it was buried under, if, if they actually excavated like the literal two million rumored carts that were buried in the desert or something, that would be a story. But they yeah. dug through trash and found a handful of Atari carts, some of which were ET. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a non-story. So I'm absolutely tired of hearing about it. It's It doesn't matter. And if they're going to charge like six ninety nine on... Actually, I would be more apt to pay for it for six ninety nine on the Zune Marketplace as a one-time buy than I would be to get live, even if it was free, and watch it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah. reality is I'll probably do neither. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? If, if people watch it, and much like uh, Indie Dev the movie go you know what this is actually fantastic then i might then i might but we'll have to wait and see uh and then the last one was i've recently heard about it's not new but dragonfin soup it's at dragonfinsoup.com but this is a classic style snes rpg where the the protagonist is an alcoholic pirate on a quest for vengeance in a fantasy world Exactly what you want. Sold. So. <laughs> yep, sold. <laughs> so it's past its Kickstarter. It made its goal, so the game will be made. It will be coming out on PS3, PS4, and Steam at some point. And mm. if you want to pre-buy it, which uh, Chip and I actually had an interesting conversation about this with Octodad on the B team this week. I mm. ended up paying for it day one on Steam for 10 bucks, And most of the backers who got Octodad the game bought it for 15 so really, technically speaking, since it's been funded and everything like that, you gain nothing by buying it. But if you really know you want it, you can jump at it. And yeah. they did say currently at DragonfinSoup.com that if you do the late backer stuff, they're doing it through Humble Bundle. They're still trying to get the budgets together to figure out how deep they want to go with it, how expansive they want the game to be. And um, potentially, they don't seem very interested in more platforms, but they're obviously going to add stuff. And I think that any game where they add stuff that's worthwhile or more of the definitive vision is beneficial because one of my biggest complaints about Octodad is it uh, it seems to lack in overall content. Um, and I think that's just running out of money. So the reason I pre-bought it for 15 bucks, and I'm pretty sure it'll just be a PC code because you have to pay extra on Sony products. So if you want it on a console, you probably should just wait for it. But I'm hoping that even that you know couple of bumps will help them do more with it than they want to, much like we saw with Pure Solar. Uh, so if you're interested, check it out at dragonfinsoup.com. You can buy into it. 15 bucks nets you a copy of the game and the soundtrack, which is all I really wanted. Oh, and a uh, printable game manual. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is probably everything you'll get by pre-ordering it on Steam. Um, and uh, I think for like, there's a there's one for like twenty or twenty five bucks. It might even be forty, so that's a little higher. But Jam, I will tell you, it includes free worldwide shipping. They'll send you a signed Ooh. print from the concept art, and there's some pretty cool concept art. So, and um, is this on the fa- this is on the Facebook, isn't it, Fred? Um, I did put it on the Facebook and you yeah. can all, and, and obviously you can find the game at dragonfinsoup.com. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, if you're interested in the concept art, which I really like the style of it, um, I'm sure he's a famous artist, uh, to get a, a signed print of some of that concept art would be cool. Although I don't think you get to pick it. So anyway, uh, it looks, it looks like it would be interesting. Definitely worth a $15 purchase for me. So who knows when it's coming out, but, uh, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so anyway, um, I don't know if there's nothing else and I can't remember anything else. Oh, I did put something on the Facebook about, uh, Mortal Kombat was originally going to be an HD remake and yeah. you, guys, you guys know my illustrious love for Mortal Kombat. Um, I think the mechanics would have suffered even though it looks like they were just overlaying yeah. new character models on the original gameplay. It might've worked. Maybe. But, but I think just re-releasing the arcade collection, especially due to the lack of interest, uh, in yeah. that collection was probably a better option because it probably cost a hell of a lot less and uh, no one really bought it. Of course. Well, that's the, that's the main, it's money really. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. So it would have cost midway money and maybe hindered nether realm from doing more arcade stuff. So mm. besides that, when was the, was the, uh, I could be this wrong. I'm going to get my facts completely wrong. Was the, the, the new, the more combat nine or whatever they call it, the most recent more combat was that released before the collection or was it after the collection? Um, I can't remember. It might be before. I'm yeah. Now I'm wondering. Yeah, because because my my theory was basically because um, why bother with the HD since you had that game existing, basically because you know you, if you wanted the kind of because um, that that to me the most reasonable combat is kind of more combat HD really. Right, and then I think that was the other part they probably took notice yeah. of was that the I mean the new one is all the characters from the first three games kind of merged together it's what they wanted mortal kombat trilogy if you've ever played it to yeah, be I've got it. yeah and what mortal kombat trilogy really is is kind of what i just described taking character models that have no business fighting each other and putting them in there <laughs> yep <laughs> it's quite a fucking anomaly which uh it's take it or leave it but for a massive fan of the series and if you can get into your head all the different versions and even different types of characters like there's p like there's mk2 and mk3 kung lao and mk1 and mk2 and mk3 oh yeah yeah if you can wrap your head around all that stuff it's an interesting piece of history but it's in no way like a that good of a game although it's a little rare like a little rare like it's just like 15 20 dollar ps1 game that's a little rare it's a little more than you're used to paying for one of those games these days but hmm. Maybe not in Europe. Maybe you guys were supposed to say, just hey. say fuck all to that game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Pick up that corner store for a couple of quid. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I was just looking at the timeline here. Yeah, I know the, the yeah the newest Mortal Kombat came out just before the arcade one. They're both oh, okay. about the same. Pretty much. I just released. remember that I wanted that joystick, the awesome yeah, arcade yeah, oh, joystick. Yeah. Um, and it was a twofold mistake. Um, because I love the joystick. Actually, it's extremely high quality. If you can find one on the cheap go for it but when you buy that package the joysticks like i think it was 150 or something i think i pulled the trigger finally when it clearance down to 80 you got a copy of the hd collection which is fantastic for playing that and it looks like literally straight out of an old mortal Kombat cabinet on the ps3 it's got a usb interface so you can adapt it to work with a pc it's a mm-hmm. fantastic controller uh, and great for arcade stuff Unfortunately, because they changed the button layouts for the new Mortal Kombat, which I might have bought at the same time or just after, so even though I didn't buy it day one, um, it doesn't work very well with that control scheme of the old games. So the joystick's not that usable with the new Mortal Kombat game, which kind of defeated its purpose. (laughs) (laughs) So I do remember that. So I guess I was just stupid enough to not, you know try it but uh, to this day i still prefer my my tekken hori stick for the original mortal Kombat, uh or for the new mortal Kombat. sorry uh over the original uh arcade stick but that stick is fantastic like it's hardcore hap controls like um very high quality uh works fantastic so anyway um all right well and then last but not least before we get into the the heavy stuff um 
I have to speak to something that uh, I think it's important we speak to it, um, but it's kind of humbling, <clears throat> which is last week's episode. Um, I think this episode went off with good intentions, and you and I have talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think for various decisions that were made, which I'll take personal responsibility for because I did set it up, um, there was uh, – <clears throat> it wasn't fantastic. And uh, the community, you guys have all kind of reached out to me, so I wanted to speak to it. Um, and there are various reasons, and I am not here to concern myself with what those reasons are or point fingers or anything like that. But for various reasons, um, it was kind of chaotic – uh, we didn't really get down to uh, getting onto key points. Um, some people uh, were uh, almost not present um, because uh, both uh, myself and others did not allow them to speak. And, and for various reasons, um, and just the overall way of handling, uh, especially Final Fantasy IX, aside from everything else, um, just didn't just didn't come across. And those are pretty beloved games. And so when they're not quite handled well. Um, and I know speeding through it's not a problem because you guys didn't have as much of a problem or any problems with the Final Fantasy 1 through 6, although I would contest a lot less people played those games. Um, I don't know. One way or the other, it was heard, and I'll keep that in mind, especially when we move on to the Final Fantasy 10, 10, 2, and 12 episode uh, that's coming up. Uh, but rest assured... Um, you know, I did hear it. I responded back to those of you personally who reached out to me, uh, and I want to speak to it as a whole, uh, and just know that this is your show as well as it is mine and everybody else's. And so as a result, um, I work aggressively when you tell me that there's a problem or something you didn't like to make sure it doesn't happen again. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And so, um, some of the decisions that were made on that show, uh, will be altered and will be reconciled in the future. And we will go into the 10, 10, 2, and 12 episode and see what people think. And, um, also the 11 episode, uh, is coming, the extra credit. Um, it's unfortunately been delayed a little bit because, um, uh, the two guests that are going to be on, Eli and uh, Chip. It was a very bad weekend to try to capture them. Eli had some personal business, and Chip is in California with Derek. So uh, yep, yep. not the best weekend to try to pull that off. But it will be coming soon, and we'll do it as quick as we can. Uh, but it will probably come out before the 10, 10, 2, and 12 episode. But anyway, hang in there, guys. And hopefully starting with this episode, you know, you'll see it. Uh, you guys were all great. Nobody was saying anything ridiculous like, the, you know, they're going to – they're going to ban the site or anything like that. It wasn't that big a deal. But when you guys speak and you have a problem, uh, it's heard loud and clear. So we will handle that as such. Um, so anyway, uh, if you're cool, uh, without further ado, I think we should just kick into uh, good old uh, Super Metroid. Super Metroid, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, real quick before we start, I wanted to uh, feature something, and I've talked to her personally. But um, I don't know if yes. you're familiar with Maddie Myers. I am. Okay. Uh, she's a fantastic girl. Uh, she's a massive metroid fan she has a uh, a blog um and she recently uh has been on a couple interviews in the interview dump truck with pat klepik of giant bomb because mm-hmm. uh, she had some very cool things to say about first cosplay she's a, a an avid cosplayer and uh in 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 the new england area and then she also is a musician and she released an album a three part uh three uh song ep uh, on Bandcamp, and uh and that uh, three-song EP is all about Super Metroid. And so uh, I've downloaded it. I've purchased it. I've downloaded it. And I've, uh, I've given it a listen. And as a result, uh, I talked to her and got permission uh, to, uh, to feature her work on, um, 
on this episode. So, um, we're going to, yeah. So, so I'm very happy with that. And uh, I figured we would start off this episode with a short clip. I want to just give a short clip because I don't want to override her work. Um, and so we'll start off right now with Ridley's theme, a clip from that. And then we will end the show with the third song on the album, which is uh, meditation. And hopefully she will do more with it. But if you're interested, there will of course be a link in the show notes and you can check her out at Maddie Myers. That's M A D D Y M Y E R S. I believe. Let me check that. M A D D Y M Y E R S dot And uh, of course there will be a link. So without further ado, we will uh, start this off with a clip from Ridley's theme uh, from Maddie Meyer's album. So here we go. You thought I would forget you. You thought I would let you get away with this. Remember when I met you, when you saw my baby face. You thought I wouldn't follow you. You thought I wouldn't pose a risk. Well, you thought wrong. All right, and we're back. So I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, that that clip from Ridley's theme. Uh, I think what I like about that the most uh, is definitely that uh, um, <clears throat> that it, it kind of throws this interesting electronic edge and and, and music behind, uh, but also uh, lyrics. I really like her voice um, to kind of what goes on. In the Metroid world, obviously Samus is kind of a, a person in and of her own head, and uh, and so the fact that she's a female protagonist with, with a female voice behind it, it helps. And you'll hear at the end of the show with meditation uh, that Maddie's mm. really good at kind of dissecting what m- could be in Samus's head. So uh, I should also point out uh, she asks for a three dollar donation um, <laughs> when you buy her ep- her her song, which is totally normal. That's ninety nine is- cents a piece. That's nothing. Yeah, so so it's three bucks for for the album. Um, I gave her a little bit more of a bump, but uh, but that's and you can preview everything first, so you know feel mm-hmm. free to. Uh, but I gave her a little bit more of a bump, but I'm not here to recommend you do one way or the other. I just wanted to get knowledge of her stuff out, and she ended up releasing it a week before we did this show. So hey, it worked out. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, Maddie, for letting us use your stuff, and definitely check out, in my opinion, her. Her the, her best work of the album uh, with meditation at the end of the show. So, um, all right, so let's jump into Super Metroid. So this is the third game in the uh, in the Metroid series, uh, coming out in 1992 specifically, or sorry, 1994. Uh, yep. Came out March 19th, 1994 in Japan, April 18th, 1994 in America. And although you guys did get it last, it came out in July 28th, 94 in Europe and Australia. Yeah. So you guys got it pretty quick. Yeah, same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting. My copy allows me to pick American or Japanese text oh, yeah. does yours no my copy says german or french okay right because you guys have the what's the acronym for the five languages of europe yeah, oh god um, there's like an acronym for it like when it's french english uh italian uh what is it german and something else it's like femus or something or or spanish there we go it's like figus or something like that yeah. I think it is Figus, actually. French, English, I think, I think, German, Yeah, you, Italian, I think you got it just then, Spanish. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, so that makes perfect sense that that would be what you guys would have. Um, 
it's interesting though because it, it obviously doesn't have Spanish. It's just for, well, at least unless of course Spain did get a Spanish version. But um, basically, the version that we got, the one that I remember, because I do remember actually playing. I played this. I rented the game back in the day, but I never completed it, and I didn't complete it in, properly until we got to the game club. But when I played the SNES version, it you only had. Uh, obviously the game was in english the text mm. but you get subtitles of german or french basically um ah. there's not much text in this game anyway so it's not like right. yeah. it really makes a big difference but yeah it's uh uh and and again i'd never played it like i'd never even i didn't have a snes so i'd never even started mm. it but uh me neither yeah mm-hmm. all right well real quick so that people know you know kind of how this all works out um this is uh metroid one and two uh, came out on the NES and Game Boy, respectively, and then this was the SNES version. Uh, it's important to note that the original Metroid came out um, in 1986, and it took a whopping eight years to get to Super Metroid, which uh, Metroid wow. 2 is, yeah, Metroid 2 is kind of part of it, but it was, because it was on the Game Boy, it was kind of a stinted, more simplified version of the overall concept. I think this was the true sequel to Metroid, even mm. though plot-wise it's not. Um, that Metroid on Game Boy has a massive fan following, though. And it should. Uh, it's a fantastic yeah. Game Boy game. It is on the 3DS uh, Virtual Console. I highly recommend it at four bucks. Quite a steal. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's it it does a decent balance, but not a great balance of big sprites. It it suffers a little bit from that big sprites and not knowing the rest of the screen kind of problem. And yeah. Metroid's never really been an easy game, shall I say? Although I will say Super Metroid seems a bit easier than the others, um, and uh, and so it, it's going to be frustrating. But uh, it's a good game. It's a good game, and you should not have much of a problem to get through it. But uh, anyway, um, okay. So real quick, the original game is uh, um, you basically are on a planet. <laughs> For the most part, <laughs> uh, Planet Zebes. Um, yeah. and, uh, this Galactic Federation you're part of, which is a, uh, a research vessel, uh, basically has found samples of these creatures called Metroids. And you play, uh, and, and basically shit's gone down. These space pirates have attacked it. And you are a Federation bounty hunter sent to take out the pirates, uh, in the base. And, uh, find out basically what's going on with these metroids um throughout the game these are not your traditional space pirates they're not humanoids (laughs) they are creatures you will encounter a bunch of creatures uh eventually fighting the two mainstay uh space pirates from the game that do make a return in this game uh which are craid and ridley um and then uh and then eventually uh craid is a ally ridley's the commander and eventually you come to the the lead mother brain, which is kind of interesting because it's just a brain in a big fucking glass jar. Uh, yep. <laughs> you've seen Captain N, you pretty much have an idea of what it is. Oh, it's nothing like <laughs> Captain N's one. Oh, God. Yeah, it talks like Audrey, <laughs> too, from Little Shop of Horrors. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> mother brain is just in a jar and you've got to kill her. But the challenge in the first game is that she's got a bunch of defense mechanisms, uh, little circles that basically attack you and take a ton of damage, lava beneath it. And it's just a big headache to basically break the jar and kill the brain and then it ends with a self-destruct uh, mechanism gives you 999 seconds to get the hell out more than enough time in the original metroid have you ever beaten metroid yeah i have actually yeah. okay uh, i don't think there's much of a problem getting out it's not nah. much of a rush 
I think well by by that time you you're already used to controls anyway, so it's not it's not the biggest. Yeah, you've been through a lot. Yeah, you've been been through worse in that game. Metroid, uh, and again, the biggest complaints of Metroid, uh, and I'm only bringing these up because we'll speak to them, is uh, that uh, the map is very daunting, Uh, and I used grid paper. Uh, Jeremy Parrish has talked about it, and eventually I think there was a uh, Playboy fold-out poster of the entire Metroid map in a Nintendo Power, but I never had that epi- that issue and didn't know what it was. And in the library, they'd cut out the posters before you could rent them, so uh. I was shit out of luck. Um, many people have made them now, though, so Metroid's not so hard to deal with now. <laughs> you can <laughs> find them online with relative ease. Um the other big thing was Samus Aran, the uh, the mercenary, the uh, uh, or the bounty hunter, um, who looks kind of like Boba Fett, uh, ends up being a girl. <laughs> uh, this is proven by if you beat the game in under three hours, you get to see her in a pink bikini with her gorgeous hair flowing. And let me tell you something, that is one sexy eight bit bot. Yep. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's not that big a deal, uh, but. Well, there's a way you could play as her in that outfit, though, isn't it? When you play you Justin Bailey. <laughs> Put in the password Justin Space Bailey. And there you go. And there you go. <laughs> you, there's just some things you never forget. And that's one yeah. of them. Uh, there's a lot of other passwords too because this was a Famicom disk system game in mm. Japan. So the uh, the American cart version and the European PAL cart version uh, used the illustrious 64 character uh, password system that oh, we gosh. see in a lot of FCS <laughs> games uh, such as uh, Zelda or Castlevania and things like that to, uh, to figure out where you are in the game. Uh, and they had to use 64 characters because there's so much complexity to what you've collected and what you have in Metroid. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the big deal with this and what we've talked about with like Metroidvanias was it was a map that was available from the onset, but you couldn't get to certain areas or access areas based purely upon the weapons you had or what you'd unlocked. So, you know, I mean, obviously, if you found a way to spawn at the very beginning of the game with all the weapons, you can run and attack Mother Brain in 15 minutes. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you've had the access to her all along. Um, so then we move on to Metroid 2. Now, Metroid 2, obviously, uh, takes the same concept and brings it, uh, thanks to Nintendo R&D 1, one of the most fantastic game studios of the 80s. Uh, and in 1991, uh, brings it to, uh, the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, you end up on a new planet instead of being on Planet ZB's. SR3A8? <clears throat> yes, SR3A88. Uh, do you know the plot? <laughs> you can tell uh, it if you, if you want to yeah. do it. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the plot, as far as I'm aware, is uh, Samus goes to free, uh, SR3A88. I didn't know how you said it, so I obviously got that wrong earlier. <laughs> and she goes there to compete. And the only around. reason I'm basing that off of is because there's yeah. obvious uh, similarities to, um, uh, to Aliens. Uh, and Aliens yeah. always speaks out the letters and then the number as like uh you know as like a you know military style single digit or in dual digits so mm-hmm. for a 388 you would do 388 so anyway there's probably no wrong translation of that though cuz they yeah. never speak in super Me- metroid 2 <laughs> no exactly yeah <laughs> so as far as i'm aware this is one's just about eradicating the metroids and uh, samus does that but um she finds a lava metroid which ends up following her kind of like treating her as a mother and that's kind of that's the ending, really. Got yep. spoilers. Yeah, we should have probably warned people that. But <laughs> so, yeah, well, uh, you but... probably are going into this knowing there will be spoilers. So, 
Uh, she. Uh, the only things I will I will change about that is where she finds the larva is actually where the queen is. Uh, I've never been able to. I've never been good enough to get to the Metroid Queen. Um, I'm sure there are ways to do it if you're determined. I've never. I guess I've never been that determined. Um, I've never played this game. Yeah. Metroids in the original game, you know, as we can kind of speak to, and definitely in this game, bit of a pain in the ass to fight. And, um, in sticking with the aliens analogy, when you get to the area where Metroids open up at the end of every one of these games, you get a lot of them and it's your biggest slog. Uh, you'll die a lot. You'll have to restart things like that. Or at least I do. Mm. And, uh, and there was a lot of Metroids getting up to the queen and the queen herself is kind of a bitch. And of course you have a big save room, a long distance between you and the Metroid queen and the and a bunch of little larvae to fight with. So once you kill her, though, yes, you, uh, you're you going through the tunnels and you find an egg that hatches and they imprint much like uh, Jacob from Twilight. And, uh, <laughs> Not that bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and this larvae imprints on Samus, uh, which makes her her mother. And it causes all kinds of fucked up psychological issues she's trying to work through all the way up to Other M., which is mother backwards in case you haven't figured that out. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, and for some reason she can't kill it because it loves on her. So she takes it and brings it back in what could have been an alternative ending for Alien 3, brings it back to the space station for people to examine. How, how do you think this goes? Do you think this goes, does, does this turn out well? Well, if you're if you're linking it to the Alien franchise, well, there's actually a really good Alien book by S.D. Perry called Labyrinth that there this reminds is. me of. There <laughs> is. With Very that good. kind of concept, yeah. Frankly. Well, S.D. Perry. The only reason I know her is because I read her stuff uh, that I actually quite liked, even though it can be criticized. I dug her books on the Resident Evil series, all six of them, and yeah. then I started branching out and found out she did uh, extended universe fiction for Aliens. So I have read yeah. Labyrinth. They're really good books, actually. They really are. Them. She is it's- a decent. Uh, writer if you know what you want yeah yeah of course she you know she's kind of one of the few writers where she's not exactly good at writing the plots aren't exactly fantastic but she does a brilliant balance between keeping you entertained and staying faithful to the the yeah. ip and that's all i ask <laughs> so anyway so absolutely things don't work out with the with the baby metroid when you when you, whenever you give a baby metroid to um scientists well just scientists in sci-fi in general things don't work out so yeah it's very similar to the real world uh, it, it all goes to <laughs> shit so um uh and, and that's kind of where we start up here um yeah. it's got a very ominous opening and again uh we can talk a little bit to tone we can definitely talk about impressions but uh tone is fantastic in yeah. super metroid and it all establishes itself from the plot line in the beginning um so you really don't have to have played the other two metroids to know what's going on uh and and let's face it it's an snes game so its ability to tell stories is kind of in your head anyway yeah but uh basically yeah i mean it, it starts up where uh she goes to um she goes to Sarah. the space station. Yeah. Uh and uh and and basically um uh goes and does she now I'm trying to remember, does she take it back to the space station on ZBs? In the beginning of that, is that ZBs or is that just any research vessel? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, she um she gives the Metroid to the scientist. I don't think that was on ZBs though. I think that was just she okay. went straight to the space station because the from what I don't know I could be wrong, but the she gives the Metroid to the scientist, then she leaves, and then she gets a distress call from them because that's right. Things go. That's right. Yeah, 
and then go straight back <laughs> as you yeah. do. So. <laughs> uh, and uh, and basically, what happens is when she gets there, everybody's been kind of decimated, and Ridley comes out of nowhere. You might not recognize him because he doesn't look a whole lot like, and maybe Ridley's a she. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Ridley's a funny one because uh, anyone hasn't played the Metroid games, um, Ridley's not human. <laughs> so. No, Ridley is a big purple dinosaur. Well, not yeah. really dinosaur. A big purple gargoyle in the first game and kind of a – kind of looks like Carnotaurus from Jurassic Park 3 in this game. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just a very interesting – but leader of the Space Pirates. Uh, yes. But yeah, um, and uh, – and anyway, um, no, okay, so we return to Zeebies, uh, I guess is how it works out. But anyway, she goes to the colony, yeah. uh, Ridley takes it, and um, of course there's another self-destruct sequence, which again is very easy to get out of, and you cannot die. <laughs> and yeah, in fact, when you're fighting Ridley, the only way to forward it is to die enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to your ship, and you fly off and follow them to Zeebies, which is where this takes place, right? Yeah, the okay. entire game takes place Woo-hoo. on ZBs. So that's yeah. <laughs> um, throughout the way, basically, um, I don't know. I guess we can talk about what happens, but should we just save it for the mother brain discussion? Spoilers: yeah. Mother Brain's the final boss again. Again, yeah, um, <laughs> but diff- different this time. So yeah, different but the same. There's uh, and, and again, I think that's a great key point to mention is that this game is very different but the same as the first yeah. one. <laughs> it's kind of a reimagining, which is kind of odd because then on Game Boy Advance you have Zero Mission, which is, again, <laughs> kind of different <laughs> but the same. Uh, the only difference is the map is identical, I believe, in Zero Mission to Really? The original. I, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It might not be. I, I, I played it. I played through the whole thing, and I really liked yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it might not be. Um but uh, and just a couple of development notes. There's nothing really to talk about other than the fact that uh, obviously uh, it was it was done by 15 people. Um, really? It was yeah, written and directed by Yashio Sakamoto. Sakamoto has been kind of like the the father of Metroid. Uh, he is responsible for the original game. Uh, he is also responsible for um, uh, for obviously this one. He did Zero Mission. He did Fusion. And he was uh, thanked in the Prime Trilogy, but not uh, part of it at all. And then uh, jumped back in under Other M. And given the response of that, he probably won't be back for another Metroid. Um, Everybody loved that game. (laughs) Somehow everybody hated that game. Having not played through it, I can't speak to it yet. But I'm told that there's just a lot of mechanical problems with that title. I can't speak to it. I haven't played it yet. And her character is apparently terrible. I've... I extended an offer to Maddie Myers to come on and talk about the whole series because um, yeah. she's very knowledgeable on it, especially the non-Prime games, although she did start with Prime. Prime mm. Trilogy was her first introduction to it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's an interesting take on it. But uh, anyway, we'll see if she, she has the time. Uh, but uh, either way, someday I'll figure that out. But uh, the game took six months to convince Nintendo to make. Wow. And then another two years in development. So... That was the so two, and a, two and a half years playing. Yeah, and um, actually, another big thing is um, they uh, a lot of the uh, attempts at violence and whatnot that could have been in there, especially that harken back to Aliens, which this game obviously yeah. runs parallel to, uh, was a big uh, deal with Sakamoto um, because of all the controversy over Mortal Kombat. So um, the other big thing is uh, he 
constantly was attacking the dev team to integrate very little violence into the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Ridley looks like a red gargoyle on the cover of Super Metroid. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's Craig's claw pulling away at it or what. But uh, anyway. Um, One question I have, though, Fred, just before we continue, yeah. if, for the American release, because over here it was a big box release, the Super Metroid. Define big um, box. Well, the, the manual was massive. It was kind of like the manual mm. here was almost like a guide in a way, um, a bit like Earthbound. Yeah. We didn't have that over here, but you guys got it. So mm. kind of that like that sort of like it wasn't your standard N- um, SNES or we call it SNES or SNES box right. that you guys are used to. Um, so... That's kind of what I. That's one of my biggest memories about this game from over here in the in the UK is that the box was a lot larger than your average Super Nintendo box. Okay, our box was um, not. I don't think. Unless maybe it was a special edition. I could be wrong. Well, so. hold on, hold on. There's a YouTube <laughs> video over here. Oh, but that guy's British. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I I just googled big game manual. <laughs> didn't work out yeah. so well i don't want to see someone's big game manual but uh, no. <laughs> uh don't google that people <laughs> <laughs> and for the record i'm saying game manual <laughs> <Yeah. That's> what... <laughs> uh but uh i i mean i've got a scan of the manual um let's see here super manual instruction booklet it doesn't seem that large and it's only it's it's the normal size, I'll tell you that. And it's only twenty pages. So I'm guessing that's here I'm looking at it. No, this looks pretty standard, man. Yeah. Yeah, so that's oh. kinda cool for you guys. Maybe they'd heard. I mean it goes <laughs> through over all the things you can catch and it has a cool little map in it and all the bosses. But, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, the sort of it's colored as well. So. Yeah, and we should point out this is pretty standard for game manuals of the time, which thank God. Oh, not for those. Mega Drive or Genesis. They're black and white, so. <laughs> That's true. Now that you say yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, uh. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> there's an amazing box here that says, note, if you select Japanese text, all of your controller settings and the text for the game will be in Japanese. Oh, really? <laughs> they had to warn people because that might actually happen. But, uh, anyway. But, uh, yeah, so no, the, the, I don't believe the manual was was that crazy i should also point out if you guys need any help with this and if you want to run through this game uh there's a fantastic website that just screams geo cities at supermetroidguide.com which is what i used for a lot of my research although i didn't need a guide for anything in this game this game is symphony of the night that's even more explained in my opinion i think uh knowing what we do about Metroidvania games and definitely having some familiarity with the original Metroid, I think you've got all you need to get through this game. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, we were saying, you were briefly mentioning earlier, Fred, that a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've both played Metroid. I think if you have a familiarity with Metroid games, you will be okay with this game. Yeah. But if you're... If you're not used to Metroid, I mean, I don't think it's impossible, this game. Compared to, I remember playing the first Metroid. That game is pretty Uh, tough. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that game is completely unforgiving, too. And so once you get used to the bullshit that has to come with that, that one, I highly recommend bringing a guide with you. Um, Once you get used to that, you're okay. Uh, I should also point out there are save points in this. In in Mm. the original Metroid, there were not save points. When you died, you got a password that would take you to the last elevator you rode. (laughs) 
Um, but, uh, but it, it's there if you want it and if you need an easy way to go through it. Um, also, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people talked about this when this came out on the Wii U virtual console, a lot of people sucked at it and didn't know how to get through it. And that was because <laughs> of a lack of knowledge on how to play a Metroid game. And so with that, I will relinquish that. That's the reason I bring up supermetroidguide.com. If you played the Metroid game before this, like a Metroid game, I would say, can you safely say if you played Fusion or Zero Mission, you're okay? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I, play, I played both of those before I played this. And I think if you've played either of those two, um, you, you'll, you'll, you'll notice familiarity. If you've ever played a side-scrolling Metroid game, you're <laughs> fine. If you yeah. haven't, I highly recommend having Super Metroid Guide on your back end. It loads fast. Yeah. It gives you everything you need in a pretty well-separated uh, kind of thing. But uh, anyway... And some advice I'll give to people if you are, do not use YouTube for this game no. if you're stuck because they people on there are use they use like exploitary glitches and stuff and they don't play in the right order. Yeah, they <laughs> so, use weird ROMs. So, yeah. uh, the speed runs are all um, they're called uh, software assisted um, yeah. uh, SATs or whatever, and and yeah, you don't want any of those because they they manage to glitch out and holes and everything. Um, <clears throat> which I should point out, uh, I managed to do one of them, but this is hardly what I would call a glitch, which is um, in the area, you know where the x-ray scope is and there's all those yeah. needles and stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, if you get the grappling hook item, that part is very easy to get to and the x-ray beam is easy to find. Well, because I had the freeze beam when I got into that area and I had the high jump, I decided to try to get to it and I ended up running through the needles because I had five energy containers and managed to get to the x-ray beam. Yeah, yeah. And get back. <laughs> but it was the longest slog in the world and it wasn't worth my time. So just in case you get stuck there, which was the only place I got stuck other than the wall jump area, which we'll definitely yep. talk about. <laughs> um, you just know that like most Metroidvania games, if it seems a little too hard to get to, it is. And yes. I, I got to give that a lot of credit because for a Super NES game, that could have gone either way. And yeah. I was very pleased that there is nothing that, that that's that hard to get to. If you're trying that hard, you haven't found what you need yet. So, mm. anyway, uh, so I guess let's talk to the areas and the um, <clears throat> the weapons mm -hmm. and the and the finding of stuff, the overall rummaging around because this is the part that's not very linear. Uh, the boss battles force you into linearity, but otherwise. You can kind of do it your own way. So you land on the, the base of ZBs, and there's your starship. I'm sure a lot of people went to the right immediately because that's the old way of playing is walk to the right. Um, and you're going to find multiple gates because you need to have all of the little special weapons you unlock in order to get to kind of the area of the wrecked ship, basically, which is, you know, kind of, what would you say, like a midpoint to the game? Mm. Yeah. I would say it's roughly the midpoint of the game. Yeah. Um, it leads to Mardia uh, or Meridia. So uh, there you go. But, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so uh, the first place you're probably going to go is you're going to go to the left. And I did. And you're going to find a lot of stuff right off the bat. Did you notice that? Like I got uh? the I got the roll. Well, because you have to go down to Brinstar. Which is, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll you immediately enter Criteria, which is kind of mm. like a rock area. But you can't get very far unless you think to... Uh, well, actually, you need the Morph Ball, which is it requires you yeah. to get to Brinstar. And Brinstar looks, especially the Morph Ball area of Brinstar, looks exactly like the original Metroid. 
Yeah, I know it's sad. That's, that's like, almost like it. they designed it deliberately. Well, I think that's a little bit at the beginning. Isn't that supposed to be... Because um, you're on ZBs, which is the right. setting of the original Metroid. You actually walk through where you fought Mother Brain for the first time. Yes. Am I right? I so. uh, well, you you eventually get to where you fought Mother Brain for the first time, but yeah. you walk through certain areas, and that's why some of the areas look identical, because they can yeah. justify that you did it. Um, and they've been able to terraform it though appropriately. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you do get through some of those parts. And again, I think the whole fact that the the secret to get into the main area and Criteria is to the left is because yep. that was the biggest trick in Metroid was that there were a lot of people who didn't get the immediate energy cell that's just to the left, or is it the missiles? One or the other is just to the left of the first Metroid game, and you many people would get stuck because they just never thought to walk to the left from your spawn area. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and so, um, you know, you eventually get the morph ball, and then that allows you to get a lot of stuff. And that's where I started noticing I was getting, um, you know, lots of missiles. I probably got two missiles, a couple of energy cells and stuff like that. But it was just doing all the old tricks to get through everything I could before I actually had to go fight anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything major. But the the main areas are Criteria and Brinstar, and you'll see those almost immediately. And you'll kind of go in between those a lot. Uh, eventually, you'll get to uh, Norfair, which is the lava-like area. Sorry, Criteria is all rock-based. Brinstar is all, um, how would you say it, uh, organic-based? Yeah, kind of like plants. <laughs> yeah. uh, then there's Norfair, which is the next kind of area, which is lava-based. Then eventually you get to the wrecked ship, which uh, does have a couple of its areas of its own, which harken a little bit back to the original game. Then there's Meridia, which is the underwater areas. Yeah. And then eventually Torian, where you eventually find, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, Zabesian race, which are these like alien-like creatures that probably are a little bit like the Xenomorph from Aliens. And you see those a lot. And obviously you find Mother Brain. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the gist of the outcry. So, <clears throat> I guess without further ado, let's start with you. Like, wh- like, what do you want to talk about as far as like just navigating the game and some of the choice areas you'd like to talk about, and or weapons where like discovering them or using them was kind of a big deal. Well, um, yeah, I think like you were saying earlier. I mean, it was generally initially on the game. I think it's generally easy to navigate where you're going and what you need to do. Um, I mean, I think the I think we got we got a feel. It's gonna be hard for me to, to go without talking about that double the double jump. <laughs> yeah, like this jump. is where we <laughs> just start just talk. This is kind of like non sequitur. Just yeah. name them and we'll talk about them. So, so yeah, I want to let's just get straight into that. The, yeah, the let's get jump. to the double the, jump. So the double because <laughs> <laughs> that's the main one. Because really. the double jump it's, is in is it in a part of Brinstar? Yeah, it's in the yeah, it's in the plant kind of area. Because so you get you go... to this below area you could never get to because you need the super bombs. That's right. That's another thing that the kind of sucked. There was missile and super missile. There was bomb and super bomb. And mm-hmm. they all, all got colors. Missiles are Missiles red. are pink or red. Pink, yeah. yeah, and then there's green for super bomb. And then and the yellow. illustrious yeah. orange or yellow for the... <laughs> Sorry, that's super bomb. Super missile is green. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And Super Missile, if you're not using it on every boss, shame on you. <laughs> but uh, anyway. If you have, en- if you have enough. So. Yes. And so you come to this area where there's these three fucking goblins right out of the movie Labyrinth. <laughs> 
And yep. yay, they show off their acrobatic techniques. And it's only until you oh. realize you're stuck. But wait, wait for that frame. Wait, what you do is you fall down that hole, then you save your game. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, right? That's exactly what you do. Because isn't, okay, yeah, we should point out the dirty secret as to how you get to this. So you get to this area that looks like every other area that has an item. It follows that formula perfectly. There's an E-tank. E-tank, <laughs> which is what you definitely want because you have 99 life and every E-tank you get is a permanent addition of 99 life to your overall game. And what is it, like 12? It's either 10 or 12 E-tanks by the end of the game if you collect all of them, which I did not. Um, but uh, And so you see this E-tank and you're like, fantastic. And in true... I'm a dick because I'm Metroid nature. The block right before, or it's like two before. So if you're smart enough to jump, you don't yeah. necessarily get there. And there's almost no way. I don't even know if there's if, if it forces you to do it the first time, but maybe it doesn't because that block is always, that disappearing block's always there. But you hit a disappearing block that drops you into an area where you have, you can go to the left and save, <laughs> and yep. you can go to the right yep. and fight some monsters, and then you get to the goblins. So, yeah, it's a dick move. And there's no way out of it. Just so people know, there's no way out of it. If you've saved and you've overridden your save, which I sadly did for this game. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's it. You learn the wall jump or you don't. And it's a very – you only use it like here, right? Is there anywhere else you use it? Because by then I had the spin Uh... attack. There's, you know, yeah, because there's optionally you can use it later, but by that point, as you just correctly points out, you, you, you'll you usually use the somersault screw attack or, which it's is the same screw thing. Screw attack, yeah, sorry. Yeah, which is. Well, no, 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 you, you get the space jump, which is the somersault there first. We go. Okay, and then yeah, you yeah. get the screw, the two separate sort of additions. The screw attack does damage, but the space jump allows you to do multiple jumps, so you yeah. can just basically stay floating if you're good. <laughs> So you uh, remember when I wrote to you while we were playing this game and I was like, yeah, just beat the game. Uh, feel free to hit me up for the wall jump area. And then you wrote yeah, me so a couple remember. days later and you're like, fuck this wall jump. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. So let's, let's, let's discuss that first and foremost because knowing what you do about any sort of video game that's ever come out before and since. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You yeah. jump against the wall. You push the other way and press jump at the same time, and you leap the other way. But that doesn't work in Super Metroid. No, and that's what—that's exactly what I was trying to do for a while. And then the, the worst part for me was this: is why I said to people, "Don't use YouTube." Is going on YouTube. There's nobody helps you there because there's these people that just seem to be just doing this. Oh, you retarded! But... You can't figure it out. What? what <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yes, the glitch is in the um, software-assisted versions, and in and, and the glitched versions, there are a bunch of ROMs for this. I don't know if you ever looked for the ROM, but if you go look at the ROMs for this game, and I did some research while I was looking for it, yeah, there's a bunch of different versions of this game, and they're all just different glitch hacks and stuff for speed runs, which is ridiculous to me. I still don't understand that world, but anyway, mm. you don't have to do it. They basically patched in the appropriate way of wall jumping, where it's yeah. a time base. It's the apex of the spin jump as opposed to what you actually have to do, so... Uh, do you want me to just say what you have to do since I'm the one who kind yep. of, <laughs> I told you how to do it, but were you did that help? No, no, I did. I figured it out from what you said. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So. And it's goofy. So what you have to do, and somebody did write it, and I think it might have even been on the Super Metroid Game Guide, but if it's not, I thank whoever was on GameFAQs because there was a walkthrough on GameFAQs that helped me with it as well because you do get stuck. And if you Google it, it'll finish it for you. Super Metroid Wall, you get to WA and wall jump problem will auto complete for you it knows yep 
Uh, but what you have to do is you have to make sure when you jump against the wall, you're pressing against the wall. So you're holding in this case because the first wall jump is on your right side. You have to be going to the right. You have to make sure you spin. So you have to like hold to the right as you jump. And then you have to press left without pressing jump while spinning up against that wall. And Samus will – what is it? Two frames? She'll pause for like a fraction of a second. Yeah. And when you see that, you then press jump after that happens, and she'll push off the wall and jump. This will take you about 40 minutes to get down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you will tear your hair out every moment of that time. Uh, I think in total I spent 40 minutes getting out of the pit. But if I knew what to do, it would probably only take me about 10. So mm. take that for what it's worth. But the biggest weird part is learning to double back, to push back, wait, and then jump. Um, but anyway, once you get out of that pit, you're pretty good. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, you're fine after that. Until you, you go for like, that energy yeah. cell and fuck it off. <laughs> oh, you God. can go back with the grapple beam if you need to. I managed to make the jump my first attempt, but if I had fallen again, I probably wouldn't have gone back for yeah. it. So, or you go back later with the somersault and stuff. Which the somersault <laughs> or the grapple jump makes that super yeah. easy because beyond the energy box, I guarantee you none of those disappear. So yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, the wall jump, definitely the most annoying. I, I can come out and say, aside from Mother Brain's area, which I was used to, so it wasn't such a shock, yeah, yeah. it is the toughest, um, uh, most, uh, actually not even toughest, most annoying part of the game. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, I wouldn't say it's tough, it's just, it's frustrating. I always felt like those little goblin things were mocking you while you were doing it as oh, well. Of course <laughs> they are. Yeah. It's the noises they're making. That's it's why like... I found out afterwards watching speedruns that you can at the very end of the game save them. They're like, oh, please really? save my children. <laughs> There's like an area as you're escaping. And they say, please save my children. And I didn't know those existed. So, and it doesn't change your ending or anything. It's just like a little Easter egg kind of. Oh, right. Okay. Know, fuck right. I didn't save those things. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there was definitely that. Um, uh, and so the wall jump was definitely the biggest one. The other one that I had a big problem with, and you and I talked about this a couple episodes back was running and the speed boost. (laughs) There's an area early into the game where you have to run as things destroy and jam didn't believe because if you press to the right or or to the direction you're running double time, you kind of run, you jog, I shall say. But if you hold down, what is it? Y? Uh, hold on. Or B? B. Yeah, it's B. B. Yeah, because yeah. the controls on this are a little goofy to get used to, but you can adjust pretty quickly. Um, you run. You actually run. And you need that to get through that part. And then there was the speed boost, which you get later on, which allows you to run much faster. And you need that for some areas. So, again, like everything else, if you're finding that it's just a little too hard to get through that stuff, that's because <laughs> you need to speed boost and you don't know it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it wasn't hard to find the speed booster, but once I found it, I, I found myself opening up a lot of places. And that was like classic Metroidvania stuff that I was very happy about. Was as you found stuff, you were able to find new things to do and new areas where you're like, oh, now I can get to that part. And so as long as you play that game where you're like, you assume you can never get to something unless you figure out how to get to that part, you'll probably be better off. <laughs> hmm. Um, and then, of course, there is um, – which one is it? There's a couple of suits you get, and those suits the, allow you to deal with gas. 
right yeah. and heat well is what's the various suit is that the first one you get the very yeah that's the, one of the first ones but you just get slightly more way well, darker like a darker shade of orange yeah <laughs> and, and, and it it, and it, then, it reduces enemy damage but it also allows you to get into those heat areas where there's the that those cool mode seven graphic i don't know if it's mode seven specifically but those cool like mm. dual layer graphics where they give you the the wavy effect mm. yeah which by the way i'm i'm blown away how this game handled lots of different effects yeah, and uh, yeah, physics really. in this game. Like, it's fantastic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I remember those. I remember getting the high jump boots, and those were kind of a big deal. Um, and, again, that area with all the needles. Uh, but for the most part... Oh, and the grappling beam. That was fucking huge when I got that. Oh, that was annoying. I just found it finicky, really. It's it just... is finicky, and there's a boss battle where it's super finicky. Uh, yeah. And I hated that. <laughs> Um, but all in all, there was that. And then I'm just curious, uh, and I apologize. I can't remember whether it's, do you remember if it's 10 or 12 energy cells you can in total get? Like, is it a, is it two layer or two rows of five or two rows of six? I think it's two rows of six, actually. It's two, I think it might be seven, actually. Hold on. I'm just looking at this. I'm just double checking. Oh shit. Is it seven? Maybe it is seven. Hold on. I've got, I'm just getting it now. Uh, yeah, it is seven. Two rows of seven. Okay. Yeah. And so that's 14 total energy tanks you can yeah. find. And then there is the auto, which you originally get, or eventually get, what is that, the reserve tank or whatever? Yeah, it's the reserve tank. You can get multiples of those as well. And basically how that works is that once your energy tank, if you, if you manage to get your health up to maximum, you can kind of store health in a way. Yeah. Um, the only way to check it though is you have to pause to go into the menu to see mm -hmm. how much you've reserved um but and then basically so basically if you die you don't quite die yet your your energy tank will refill with you get you like a reserved. last chance yeah yeah so yeah last chance basically and i don't know how far you can get i think i remembered by the end of it when i was dying i would get 50 something maybe 40 48 or 54 or something mm. and i've seen in these because uh, i watched a lot of playthroughs i've seen the reserve i think it can go up to 100 really oh wow um, and obviously, yeah, not to discredit that actually, Jam, when you talk about it, when you pause the game, you see the map I yeah, mean, oh, you yeah, can scroll back and forth between L and R and the farthest to the right shows you Samus and it tells you all the different beams she can have, all the different, yeah. uh, power-ups she can have. Do not ignore those. <laughs> no, <laughs> because no. <laughs> those kind of give you an idea of what's coming. Had I known to look there and seen that I no longer have, what was it, uh, the uh okay yeah no that's the one there uh, i didn't see that there was the grappling hook beam but that was the only one where i didn't know what was coming mm. you know what i mean uh it doesn't say the grappling beam on the list but for the rest you know what's coming so you can at least prepare for it so um i don't know is there anything else you wanted to speak to to the areas or or whatnot um well i found that what was the water area called again was it oh uh, uh <laughs> meridia so like marine that, i found that one to be the most boring really in terms it is of, boring yeah <laughs> so it's fucking boring and when you get there before you know what to do with it uh yeah i.e before you get the purple gravity suit that's right you just die miserably <laughs> it's not just, it's not just the die miserably it's because you get the way to get into that area is you use the power bomb in this little tube yep and um, it's just you just kind of think what, why that? Because it's weird how we get into that. Why when would you they get, let me in? <laughs> yeah, why, why would they let and you get And it's right there, but... after a door that's yellow. 
So you yeah. had to power bomb through that door, and then it breaks into that area, and you're like, "Oh, this makes perfect sense." Like everything else in the game, it seems to make sense that you should get to yeah. that area. But if you don't have the gravity suit yet, you don't have it. And I'm it, isn't the gravity suit after a boss battle? The the gravity suit, well, not quite. You you do that phantom boss battle. We'll get to the boss That's battles in a right. second, and then yeah. uh, it's a little bit later on from that. But then it's the quote once unquote, you get... sunken ship boss battle, as I put it. That's but, it. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get that gravity suit, you go. You can find an alternative route down to the water section, which is hilarious. So you don't even have to go through that tube. <laughs> so, yeah. so it was yet again like the uh, like the wall jump. It was yeah. probably an integration of um, of. Uh, it was probably an integration of game mechanics that they wanted into the game, but it's like just poorly integrated. Yeah, yeah. So, oh well. I was doing nuts things like trying to freeze. It's a fantastic the game, yeah. and again, this isn't really into the impressions part yet, but it's a really good game for its yeah. time, uh, and and I think it holds up pretty well today. And uh, and I'll give them a little give on this stuff, but when you're trying to be a modern gamer who's also trying to wrap his head around what you think they were trying to pull off which i struggle with from time to time on poorly uh created games um or or just games like this or uh another great game that kind of does this sometimes is act razor you're just like what the fuck like come on <laughs> give me some <laughs> consistency uh but yeah yeah um the underwater area was something i spent so long because it, it is i mean to me it's kind of the halfway point but at the same time uh the game has a lot more boss battles and ramps up really fast after that so you spend you know i was probably like four hours in when i got to this area with the gravity Mm -hmm. suit and so you're technically you know it took me like seven hours or something to beat it you're technically halfway through but you speed through the end and there's so much going on that the time passes much faster like i finished meridia quit for the night and then did um, you know, kind of the cleanup for items in the other areas and then Torian in the last three hours and it was really fast. Mm, yeah. So, um, so just know once you're struggling with Meridia and, and kind of annoyed, it gets a lot better after that. The, the end game of this ramps up significantly. Uh, it also had the stupidest boss battles and we'll talk about that with the bosses, but is there <laughs> anything you want to do before we get onto the bosses? No, no, I think that pretty much covers the those. Okay. That, that, that was my main. I, I, I loved all the designs. Of, that, I, I liked. I even liked the design of the water area. The design of the game is really nice. There's all these different mm-hmm. areas, and they, everything looks great um, in Ace Physics. Um, but um, yeah, that, that was just my sort of the one. I just felt everything just slowed at that section. Just yeah. really slow. And it even goes to the music, because the music's kind of slow as well. It is, because <laughs> so. it's all supposed to be underwater, right? And floaty. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, uh, and I didn't really much care for the boss battle that's in there, which is... No. Uh, uh. Uh, well, I mean, there's two, but I was speaking more of the Fantoon or the uh, the snake-like creature. Oh, the snake, yes. Yeah, uh, we'll but get... <laughs> they're both kind of bitchy. Uh, but uh, yeah, again, uh, that area, especially some of the effects they're doing, the layered effects, it kind of looked like a cool Adobe Photoshop effect of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the music's really good. You know, I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, and we'll talk about it in impressions, but it's a colorful, bright, gorgeous, 16-bit sprite, crispy, crunchy, just fantastic look. And the aesthetics do not get let up in Meridia, and uh, the soundtrack is fantastic. So, mm. um, it does have that kind of like like I don't know. Here's here's a way I'll put it, but it's not appropriate. 
it's kind of like the Little Mermaid soundtrack blended with like the isolationism of Metroid as a whole is mm-hmm. how I kind of felt. You know, or maybe even you know what? Here's a better comparison that's game related. You ever play the underwater levels in Donkey Kong Country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of harkens back to that style, although it sounds nothing like it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, less swimming. <laughs> Sorry for yeah. <laughs> There's definitely that. So, uh, all right. Well, then I guess without further ado, let's jump into the bosses. So, mm-hmm. um. So, okay, so initially, I mean, I guess technically you fight Ridley on the space station, but uh, you just have to die. So, key here, just stand in front of him. Yep. Um, Job done. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, but uh, but I think the first boss you'll probably come to is uh, the Spore boss in Brinstar. He's he's kind of the first boss you hit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's kind of one beforehand, but I don't really consider him a boss. I'd say the spore is the first one. Um, he's in Brinstar. He's in the kind of organic area, but you find him really early on before you've explored uh, much of it. Um, yeah, I guess there's the Chozo statue that's in Criteria. Yeah. It's very quick, though, that one. It doesn't last very long. It's easy because you've got missiles, so you just yeah. kind of blow it away. Uh, mm. And you're just like, fuck, I hope he doesn't become a normal enemy. <laughs> he doesn't, so... <laughs> You're okay, but yeah. Anyway, uh, but he he's kind of dramatic for what he is. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, this so this poor boss. Uh, he takes a little time in planning, right? Um, mm. He kind of floats around the area, can't really hurt him, but he lets out a lot of things that give you health, so you can screw up a lot on him. Mm. And then when he opens up, you just basically bombard him. I had a hard time with the timing of when he opens his area. I don't know. How about you? Yeah, he seems to. It just seems to take forever, at least initially. Anyway, when you start, because you're, you're starting the boss battle and you're just kind of thinking, where am I supposed to hit this guy? And, yeah, um, he's one of the few boss. Well, he's one of the many boss battles actually in this area that I just feel like it's it's too long. Yeah, <laughs> they have this feeling of like uh, invincibility. Certain characters are just too invincible for their own good. Um, I have a big problem with that with Resident Evil Six. Actually, <laughs> there's a lot of stages of characters where they're invincible, and Metroid Super Metroid has a lot of stages of characters where they're invincible or areas where they're invincible. And this guy's got a lot of them. But uh, you basically just pummel him when he opens his center area i don't know <laughs> it glows i'll give it that so it kind of calls out that it needs to be hit mm. um well once it does that well yeah that, that just sounded just completely wrong when you said that opened his center area but when, when, yeah he, when... he it's basically like a closed mouth and when he opens it up there's just like a a vulnerable area in the middle i don't know how else to say it but, that, but once it does that you know exactly where you're supposed to be shooting this Fuck, thing. yeah the... you do yeah um <laughs> There is in in the instruction manual they make it look kind of like the eyes in the core of a mouth, kind of like Audrey too, as I've joked about for the second time now, uh, second little ho- shop of horrors reference on this show. Um, so it kind of makes a little more sense, right? You're you're there's a lot of like hit it in the mouth <laughs> in this game, and this is one yeah. of them. <laughs> so, um, but again, he was time consuming, but I was never in any real danger of dying. Would you mm. agree with that? Yeah, I'd say yeah. No, it's just it's just like it just took a while. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, almost immediately after that is Craig. Like you come mm-hmm. to him pretty quick after that, um, and he does not look like the Craig. Do you remember Craig in the in the first game? He's kind of orange and chubby, and 
kind of yeah, looks like yeah. how you imagine King Koopa to look. <laughs> well, I was gonna, so the Creed boss battle here is very similar to the one in um, Zero Mission on the Game yes, Boy Advance. So. Yes, it is. Um, which was why I knew exactly what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So. Um, but I can see it being a problem. But basically, you shoot him in the mouth. Uh, yep. And if you use missiles and patience, you're pretty good. Again, I think the biggest obstacle to overcome here is his size. Uh, I do love the sense of scale that they add to that, and they definitely give Kraid his due. Uh, but he comes a little too early in the game for him to really be the significant character he was in Metroid for me. And uh, he's pretty easy to take out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to me. Uh, I had probably three energy tanks, and I didn't need them. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about Kraid? No, I thought, I thought he was pretty straightforward. He didn't take very long, that one at all, either. But that might have been because of, um, you know, playing the <laughs> Game Boy Advance version. So, Fair enough. But, but no, I mean, it's pretty cool when he appeared, though. Um, you know, yeah. he kind of there's this, like, spike layer, and he just kind of rises up. And then, and then obviously, it goes, he rises even further. And then you've got to and go he's up. He's kind these. of larger than life. He goes two yeah. levels, yeah. Um, But he's got things that he shoots out, like these little... There's these little guys that attack you from above, and then he shoots out these little spike things. The spike things don't do much damage, and you can kind of ride on them to get higher. Uh, and additionally, um, da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Uh, and additionally, you know, he's got these little guys that are fl- floating around, and and you know, they kind of you can take them out for health. So yeah, it's no big deal. All right, but uh, anyway, the next one, which actually there's a large gap between, for at least for me, from when you find Kraid to the next boss, which is in the lava area of, of Norfair, which is Crocomire. Did you have, like, there was probably a couple hours in there where I was exploring, getting new stuff, you know, because Kraid kind of opens up the gateway to some of the bigger things like the speed run and the, and the jump, and I was tempted to go grab items at this time. Did you do that, or did you kind of progress forward through the game? No, I think this is the, this is where it certainly came up to you know exploring time and you know, you're trying to upgrade your missiles and your super missiles and you got the smart bomb as well by this point. So yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. and so that yeah. opened up a lot. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, dead ends with uh, yellow doors that you could now go and explore. It led um, to a lot of backtracking as well. You wanted to yeah. go back and go to those areas you couldn't get to before. <laughs> so. Classic Metroid. Uh, yep. But. <laughs> So you finally get to Crocomire. He's really easy to – it's weird to get to his area because you got to go in lava. Yep. <laughs> but once you get to him, I mean, there's not much to that area. You just kind of get up there, go through a couple rooms, and you're there. Uh, and he's a weird boss battle because you never kill him. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just kind of shoot him backwards. And you almost shoot him – you shoot his yellow tongue. When he opens his mouth and you shoot him backwards, almost, you know, you just have to get him back on a bridge and then he falls into the lava. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a kind of cumbersome activity and you're not quite sure what you're supposed to do that it almost feels like you're not doing it right because there's no way you have to back him up that much until he falls in and then you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I guess I did beat him. And the, the whole thing about Sakamoto not wanting violence in it is kind of interesting because he dies in a pretty aggressive <laughs> melting of the skin lava kind of worst way to die, in my opinion. I don't know. You tell me. Well, yeah, absolutely. I well, would not want to die like Krakamire. <laughs> well, he's pretty hardcore, Krakamire, because not only does he, he melts first, but then some, by some miracle, he when you go to the left, he jumps out of a wall yeah. as a skeleton. There's a needle wall. Yeah. He leaps out like fucking stripe at the end of Gremlins and just kind of melts in front of you. 
<laughs> and you're just like, Jesus. Like, I could, I found that very effective, not at the time. Like, when I was playing it just now, I didn't jump backwards or anything like that. No. But I could see how that would have been very effective at the time. Oh, yeah. So I got to give <laughs> credit where credit's due on that. That was an interesting end to that boss battle. But probably the most mundane boss battle. And I oh, yeah. the most dramatic as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> and his skull stays there for the rest of the game. So yes, if you it do does. Go back, if you yeah. go back to that room, it's there. Uh, I did remember that because I ended up back there uh, when I was uh, uh, mis-backtracking. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, real quick. And then we move on to uh, the the wrecked ship area, the pre-Meridia area. Uh, Fantoon is the name of the boss battle. The longest and most annoying boss battle in this game to me. Mm. What do you think? Well, next to the um, the spore one earlier, then yeah, <laughs> this one does take a while. Okay, yeah, I'd say they're both on par. Because he has a lot of areas where you can't hurt him. And yeah. you're trying to avoid his stuff. But it doesn't do much damage. It does like 20 damage, so it's not that big a deal. Mm. But he has a lot of like stages i guess i would say where he's not vulnerable through a lot of it so anyway uh shoot the eye yep pretty obvious <laughs> so, if you ever go look him up or if you've played the game you'll know exactly why that's hilarious um and then there's batwoon the one i talked about where it's basically like four areas and he just moves in between them and you basically yeah. shoot him in the head it gets progressively quicker as you shoot him as well, well get, as you wear him down. Yeah, and his body's so long and stringy, it's very easy for him to hit you. And he does a not a ton, but a decent amount of damage. Mm. Um, anyway, so but he was pretty standard. It almost felt like a mini-boss to me. Yeah, I didn't feel like that was a main one at all. And then the big one right after that is uh, Dragon. <laughs> oh, God. I love his name, Dragon. <laughs> it's like a really overwhelmingly misspelled version of Dragon. D-R-A-Y-G-O-N. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, <clears throat> I figured out how to kill him the right way, quote-unquote, uh, by accident. Oh, yeah? Uh, because you press select to switch between the different guns. Ah, uh, yeah. And in shooting yeah. around the room randomly, I broke out the electrical area, and then I grabbed the grapple gun when I meant to be on the missiles because I'd run out of super missiles trying to shoot him. And mm. he kind of, like, sends out little web pockets without being gross uh, that kind of stick him to you. And then he starts damaging you, and if you can manage to hit a grapple shot to the electrocute area, you zap him and he dies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So did you figure out how to kill him that I, way? Or? Well, to start with, I didn't know you could shoot those electrical bits on the first attempt, so I died because I just kept getting hit by all the beams and stuff I should like point that. out I died a couple times on him, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, I, I was quite similar. I I, well, cause I, play, I play, actually, play, I'll be honest, I played through the game twice. Okay. Um, so it's, um, but, um, the first time I played through, I just killed him in the stand way by just shooting missiles at his belly. <laughs> so what <laughs> you do. You um, but then on the second attempt, then I did what you did, Fred, where I, I just happened, it was, it was all accidental as well. You just accidentally equipped the grapple hook and then yeah. use that. It's like, okay, I wish I knew that the first time. I was like, I oh this, shit, but... I didn't want to, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. He goes, he goes yellow, then red, and then dies, and you're like, what, okay, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, so so that's Dragon. He's interesting. Uh, good wrap up though. Once you're done with him, you're pretty much done with Meridia. Yep. Um, and then you go into Norfair, which is uh, uh, back to Norfair to an area you couldn't get to before because you didn't have the right uh, power ups. 
and this is the uh, the kind of assault on Ridley. You come to some new areas. I didn't find the areas that difficult. This is kind of that point in Metroid where you're powered up and powered up enough where nothing's really much of a challenge to you until you get down to Torian, because yeah. uh, you haven't really tackled Metroids yet. But at the same time, you know. Traversing it's still a bitch, and the boss battles are kind of a pain in the ass. So there's a, a golden Chozo there who yeah. has a very clear place to hit him. but he And he's not that hard, and he doesn't do that much damage, and he gives you ways to gain life, but he just has so much life. You just yeah. wonder if you're doing it right. <laughs> he also catches your super missiles as well. <laughs> That's true. I should – yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, you need to shoot regular missiles at him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then there's Ridley. Uh, Ridley looked like he was going to be a bigger problem than he was. Uh, he kind of nah. floats around in this big area. I did die on him a couple times, though. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm that bad at this game. Um, he picks you up, but I don't think he ever did any damage to me. Is it because I damaged him enough while he held me in his claws, talons, <laughs> that didn't matter? Maybe. He's got these puny-ass wings. He just kind of floats around above you. But there's that lava beneath you. And it yeah. floats up and down, but it never takes over the platform you're standing on. So what I thought was going to be a bad situation ended up never coming to pass. It felt very pattern-based with Ridley um, in terms of it was all just like watch for the tail. And <laughs> it just yes. like pounces up and down. Avoid the tail. <laughs> and he does a lot of damage. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, a lot of damage, yeah. I, uh, I had... At least I was at least on the second row with like yeah. one or two, and I was down to nineteen without going into my auto. I think when I killed him, yeah. So I mean, he almost dwindled all my all my life. I think yeah, I definitely went to my auto the first time I played it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, again, I was I probably killed him on the third attempt. I want to say, mm. but there's not too much to it when you go back to your save on that one. You know, and and like every area like this, there's a room where you can kill simple enemies and, and power up before you go and take him on. Mm. And then last but not least is a oh, shocker spoiler. Mother brain <laughs> still in charge. And you <laughs> literally redo the boss battle from the end of the first game. But it's so much it's easier, <laughs> so much easier, but it is annoying. I think it's just that oh, the yeah. circles do a lot less damage now. Yeah, And you've also gone through an endless cycle of that we're going to kind of dance over, but of really annoying Metroids that whole time as well. Yeah. Um, oh, and you, yeah, and you revisit the, well, the little Metroid, which is now a big Metroid. So. Uh, yes. Well, and that's what we'll talk about. Right before we get into the area where you take on Mother Brain, you find your little imprinted Metroid, which you fight. And much like the first Ridley battle, it's futile. You eventually get to a point where it jumps on you. And sucks the ever-living life out of you down to one. And then yep. lets you go. Now, what you're supposed to infer from this, I found out later on the interwebs, is that it suddenly realizes you're its mother <laughs> and leaves you be. It was a big old WTF moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then I knew I was in for the shit because it. you go into another room, and this was kind of a clever way to give you your life back without... You know, doing something game breaking. They give you yeah. infinite, you know, a re restore and energy tanks and missiles. Yeah, conveniently. Yeah, <laughs> in the next so room. Then, so, yeah. then you go and take on Mother Braid in again, an easier but identical final boss battle. And then you end up in a room where it kind of does it, it breaks out, but does it float over or just flop over into a room? 
Well, the, you break you break the mother brain, and a little jarge just falls on the floor. That's and what it is. Okay. And then it's yeah, just... and then it opens its eyes. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which it didn't do in the first one, and it grows a T Rex body, and then you fight the mother brain. Yep, <laughs> and this was a surprisingly relatively easy boss battle, except for the cheat areas. Yeah, um, so it, it drops little pellets on you. I was just using super missiles straight to the skull. Yeah. Uh, it's hilarious also that the brain becomes a hairdo that kind of – with some spikes in it. So it was very 80 – or, you know, very early 90s, like, punk rock. Mother Brain's pretty hip uh, yeah. in, in this one. Um, but uh, anyway, you, you shoot super missiles at it. It'll eventually drop uh, some bombs at you that have kind of a delayed reaction. But once you figure that out, you're pretty easy. And if you keep bombarding her – you don't have much of an issue, like, keeping her other attacks at bay. Most of them didn't hit me. There is that long string of fire that was okay. It didn't really do yeah. much. Uh, but then eventually she hits you with the gay pride rainbow beam, and uh, <laughs> that's unblockable. That does half your damage every time. Yep. And you eventually get to a point of death, basically. <laughs> and in comes your baby. Big baby now. <laughs> Here comes the big old Metroid. Sucks all the energy out of her from that rainbow beam. Yep. So there you go. And then jumps on you and starts giving you health back. And you're supposed to realize, again, didn't realize this while I was playing the game, but that you, I mean, obviously you get the power-up weapon, but you gain the rainbow beam, basically. Yeah. And then Mother Brain kills the Metroid. So they took your baby. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> And then that's the real easy part. If you have mastered, and by this point you probably should have, the jump up and shoot in the face move, uh, yeah. she never really got a hit on me edgewise. She got a couple of those blue circles off, which did a little bit of damage, but nothing really. Well, even if they, yeah, even if you get hit, it's really not much damage in this bit. No. It's, it's, it's pretty much the, the, the fight's over once you've got the... You're supposed the... to be empowered, and you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the mad dash out, which is yep. a little tighter than before. It's 90 three seconds, three minutes. Oh, it's at 96. 90 oh. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 180 seconds, three minutes. Yeah. Math is fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, if it was 90 seconds, I might not have made it out, because there was about, I don't know, a minute and change left. I had about 20 seconds left. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, the hard part is whether or not you can master the part with all the purple uh, Dr. Mario globs. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. can scale that, you're okay. And what you could have done, Jam, is if you just hug the, the left or right wall, Yeah, you can just kind of double jump your way through it. Yeah, that's what um, I should have done. <laughs> but, uh, and once you get up there, you're fine. And on the way up, once you get to... Oh, what's the rock area? Crustaceous or whatever. <laughs> the rock area. Sorry, I closed my map. Uh, but th that, uh, here, I'll get you the name of it. Uh, here we go. Map. Uh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Criteria. When you get to the Criteria area, um, which was a kind of fun pun right there, uh, <laughs> there, Double there is an area that's predominantly blocked off and it's just a dead end normally and if you go there that's where you find the little goblin guys then they're like take my babies save them thank you samus <laughs> and uh but i didn't find that i just jumped onto my ship and got the fuck out of dodge yeah <laughs> and it blows up and then you get congrats you beat the game congratulations that's it see you yeah. next mission <laughs> <laughs> you know it's two fingers pointing you know in the peace sign <laughs> and then you get your ending, uh, your ending toy, your treat. Uh, toy and treat are both terrible ways to describe what's about to happen. Um, you get your ending uh, bonus, I guess I would say. 
Mm-hmm. And in all three of them, Samus jumps down. And I got ending two, which I'll talk about in a second. I'm sure that's probably what you got. But if you beat the game in over ten hours, you just see Samus sitting there on space. She jumps backwards and shoots at the screen. Mm-hmm. If you beat it in three to ten hours, which is what I did, uh, she flips up the mask. Kind of shows yeah, you her, her yeah. face. And she jumps back and shoots at the screen. And if you beat it in less than three hours, she's in a tight black bikini. <laughs> And <laughs> boots, because of course you need boots. And uh, flowing hair with sunglasses on, though. I do think it's awesome that she's radical. Uh, and <laughs> she flips backwards and, and she turns into the suit and shoots at you. So in any regard, that's a kind kind little fun thing. But I don't think I'll ever beat this game in three hours without playing it far too often. Did you? Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I didn't get anywhere near three hours. No way. Well, because you said you played cool. it again. And I'm sure there are some yeah. people who are foolish enough to go, Oh, I could tackle that in three hours a second time through. I mean, I thought I did it, well, I did it quicker the second time through, but it, it was, because you know, they do, it's because you mentioned this, Fredo, before, where you felt that your first attempt was long, you could it about six hours or something, but you felt it was longer. Yeah, it was like um, 6.48 or something, I think, yeah. in my time. Because mine was clocked at like seven hours, 39 or something, but then the second playthrough, I was, mine was, it was still five hours something I got. Gotcha. Um, so <laughs> it's slightly better, but There's it's There's a lot still of ways to great. cheat it too, like if you, uh, if you go on a really long run, it took you too long to get to something and you're like, oh, I figured it out. The recommendations on the speedrunners is to, stop go back reload your save and walk directly to that so there's a way to game the system uh so anyway mm-hmm. so that's super metroid so let's talk about it as it's our first time playing this game like what were your what are your final thoughts what's your takeaway so a lot of people say this is the greatest game of all time um and we kind of talked about it i don't know how it could possibly be the greatest game of, game of all mm-hmm. time given that we have the foresight of about almost two decades of games beyond this um, but having said that, can you see how this would be someone's favorite Super Nintendo game or game of that era? Yeah, I probably could. Because, I mean, for if you compare this game to games that were on the Super Nintendo, it's, it is very different. And it's something you know, very unique. Um, I mean, obviously the Nintendo got... game was, actually, in its credit. Mm. Well, because obviously when this was released, you got to remember that there was no internet, guys. <laughs> well, at least not yeah. this stage, anyway. Yeah, so, no, no, no. Um, there wasn't. So, People would have probably spent a long time. I think I can see it as being very a very rewarding game. Mm-hmm. Like when you invested, when you finally figured out where you had to go and stuff, and like just just getting it. And once and when being one of those people that you when you got the route down and being mm-hmm. one of the very few, few people and telling your friends saying, "Oh, I know where to go," and they have no idea. Well, the exploration and having the map like available at the pause screen were huge. Yeah, oh, yeah, that makes that a game massive, so much yeah. better. Um, I also think that uh, since Symphony of the Night is oft considered the best PlayStation One game. And this is basically like Symphony of the Night before Symphony of the Night. To a certain extent, it's very similar. Got to give it credit there, too, because it did it about, uh, you know, three, four years earlier than that game did it. Uh, And first. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, to me, it's it's a fantastic game. It's one of my favorite SNES games, and that's going back, you know. Having never played it before, I think it's worthwhile. I think it definitely holds up today. I think the graphics and the graphic tricks and the atmosphere yes. is fantastic. Absolutely. It definitely yeah. feels like you're alone and there's yes. nobody to help you. And it does a really good job of doing that while also empowering you. And, uh, you and know, I'm not one of those big feminist people who's like, oh, and it's a girl, <laughs> too, because I don't think it really matters. I think the thing with Samus Aran uh, is much like almost Master Chief to a certain extent, except that we hear his voice, so we know. Uh, yeah. It's a very asexual character, but to the same extent, like, 
it's just it's just a really cool game and i think you're always a lone wolf in the metroid games and i think it captured that uh probably the best you know it did a great job of establishing that so early into the games but even the soundtrack of the original metroid was very cool at that isolationist feel so i I think it just carried on the torch and was an exponential leap forward for that series and it was exactly what it needed and it treated it very well and i think that's kind of like the 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 idea behind the metroid games and and going extending even into prime and and to a certain extent, some of the stuff they did with Fusion and Zero Mission, where that's why that series is kind of beloved and why Other M probably got criticized because it didn't really step forward, was that it always took those natural steps forward for this series. And it always kind of did what the other ones did before, but also furthered it. And it mm. never felt recycled. And I think those are all very significant parts to this game. And this game is a fantastic 16-bit game and an yes. excellent step up for the series. Mm. But... Uh- Yes, I was, I was also going to say the music is really good in this game as well. Yeah, oh, um, that that Sony sound chip just bang yeah. it. Because I, I'll be honest, I haven't played a lot. I, Super Nintendo was not big over here, and I haven't played a lot of Super Nintendo games. But this this as you correctly pointed out, Fred, this does look really good today. I'm really happy I'd finally had an excuse to play it as well. Um, yeah, because I've always, I've always meant to go and play this game because people swear by it and. Um, People say such good things about it. I mean, I've, I mean, obviously that's something that both me and Fred can speak to. But I, I, I kind of think I would have got more out of this if I played it when it was released in the nineties. But um, yeah, had I had the nostalgia, you know, I think this would have been even greater. Yeah, you know. Um, but it still holds up, and I think that's yeah. what's a big deal about this. And also, both me and Fred have gone into this game playing uh, a lot of the other games in the series, so we kind of had an idea about how you know, things worked. And <laughs> yeah, it does help a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, although this game, kind of going into it, following the plot of Metroid Two, I mean, it does take a lot of, uh, you know, like it, it it makes no qualms about the fact where it's like, oh, you haven't played those games? Well, you should have. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... Shame on you. Right, yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, I think in short, uh, this game is on the Virtual Console and on the Wii U Virtual Console, and, and, and there are better yes. systems for it. Uh, if you get an opportunity to play it, you definitely should. Um, hopefully it comes to the 3DS Virtual Console, although I don't know if Super Nintendo games really made it other than the yeah. couple they threw on there. That would be really good. I would buy it again if it went on the 3DS, because it would be great yeah. portable. Yeah, it would. It would be great portably. And uh, as Jams kind of talked about, the other ones, Zero Mission and uh, Fusion, are uh great kind of add-ons to this series oh yeah they almost that... make it so that you can skip the original and the game boy game i would say so yeah absolutely um so uh... but if you, if you if you've never played any metroid game those are two great ones to start with because they because uh fusion was just released on the wii u virtual console as well so that's right. a a good one to try yeah definitely so um Highly recommend it, uh, and of course, you guys are welcome to chime in with your thoughts on it. Uh, but I think we're going to call this one to a close. Absolutely. So yeah. we'll close the door on that. Um, but let's talk about upcoming game clubs. So, and if you want to see this, if you go to gaminghistory101.com and click on the videos link on the right toolbar, uh, you'll be taken to the YouTube page. And I did it as one of the retro game nights, so you can look up Super Metroid, or you can just search Super Metroid on the website, and you can find the direct link to it. And I've played the first hour of it. 
it. So if you want to take a look at it and kind of see <laughs> what your speed is, feel free to check it out. Otherwise, just play the game. But, also, just uh, check, check check it out just for Fred's hilarious commentary. <laughs> yeah, I do make some snarky <laughs> comments. Uh, apparently, my commentary. See, I don't think much of it when I'm making it, but apparently, in hindsight, people are quite amused. Which you should see the the May the Fourth be with you stuff I did on Star Wars. It's it's I, I'm I'm pretty aggressive as to all the inconsistencies with the movie. Uh, which is totally the show, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So you can check that out. Uh, upcoming game club is Yakuza, which is a PS2 game. Uh, in Japan, it got an HD remake, but we didn't get it in America. So unless you know Japanese, you may not want to play it. Uh, I will be playing that for this upcoming week's Retro Game Night. So you can see the first hour of that. And uh, we'll be playing it for this week. And then coming up, uh, Jam's Choice. We're going to kind of do a summer of uh, interesting games. Uh, I was going to do horror, but uh, one of the games doesn't fit that theme. So coming up, uh, just to give you guys an idea and to get started on playing these games, uh, we're going to do Dino Crisis, a PlayStation 1 game, which is yeah. on the PSN store fantastic game it's uh resident yeah. evil meets uh jurassic park basically literally <laughs> yeah <Sorry. laughs> uh, so we're gonna be doing dino crisis on the playstation one and because that game's pretty short uh jam and i talked about it we may speak to dino crisis too but depending on how long or much or little we have to say about it uh if you got the time and it's definitely on the psn store grab the sequel we'll be playing the sequel too um yeah. So I'll definitely talk about those. So those will be our game club for uh, that you'll be playing through for June that we'll do on the July show. Um, and then the the final two games, uh, I remember them, but I forgot the... I, I know what they are, but I forgot exactly what... It's going to be a Trees PS2 game he's been talking about, but I completely forgot. Uh, Sh- Shadow of Rome. Shadow of Rome, thank you. So you can pick that up if you want to get started on that. It's kind of a weird hack and slash stealth game on the PS2. <laughs> very interesting, yeah. So we'll be playing that, and Trees will, of course, be on for that episode. And uh, and then we're going to wrap up the summer with Bioshock in August. So we'll be playing through the original Bioshock. And I might have a blast from the past for those who listen to me. Um, you know what, uh, Jam? Uh, Hefe may join us for that one. So that'll be good. Yeah, yeah, so that'll be interesting. We'll see. Uh, I never, I never dedicate to him because uh, he's been kind of flaky in the past, but we'll see. <laughs> so that's the game clubs coming up. So stay tuned for those. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us at gaminghistory101.com, uh, and also Jam does some freelance writing at retrogamegeeks.co.uk. Anywhere else we can find your writing, sir? Oh uh, well, uh, apart from on your website, uh, fredjamhistory101.com. Yep. Um, well, obviously, I was going to say, apart from those two, those are the main places I write at the moment. Um, but if uh, you yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jamalais, uh, my name's in the description of the show. So if you want to know how to spell that, but also don't forget to check us on um, Facebook as well. Um, like yes. us there. Yeah, definitely. And we're at Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash gh101 podcast. I promise I'll stop reminding people, but forward slash gaming history 101 on both Facebook and YouTube are not us. So don't, uh, don't pay yeah. any mind to those. Uh, and obviously I've redesigned the website so that when you go to the website on the right toolbar, there's a direct link to the video, which will take you to the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash vgptgs, as well as, uh, the podcast page if you need your podcast all listed out in a nice little website uh so anyway check us out at gaming history 101 the twitter feed for gaming history 101 right now and my own thing is 
at Spiders Venom. Also, we haven't gotten a lot of SMS or uh, voicemail uh, right in, so the number there is 803-816-1101. Until next week, we want to say peace out, and I'm sorry if this wasn't live because we are pre-recording it. I'm going to try to get someone to stream it live. Otherwise, we'll be, be, we'll be back next week live on allgames.com, where we always are, Tuesday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check us out. Without further ado, here's Maddie Myers' uh, final song off of her EP, Meditation. Be sure to go check her out, maddiemyers.bandcamp.com. Links also in the show notes, and she is a fantastic artist. Hopefully, we will have her on sometime. But without further ado, from her uh, Super Metroid EP, um, I should probably give you guys the title of that EP, just in case it's referenced and I don't do it'll be it It'll be in the description of the show. So. Yeah, well, the, the name of it is Peace in Space. And this is uh, rid- or, sorry, Meditation from Peace in Space. Without further ado, peace out. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything will be okay. Everything is gonna be okay. Everything will be okay. That's what I tell myself when I'm huddled in the dark. 